You know, I'm, I'm glad I'm in church this morning because it means I know it's Sunday. This last couple of weeks have been an absolute blur. I don't know if anybody else has been through the same. It's been absolutely hectic. Um, I was speaking to somebody that came around our house for dinner, and uh, they didn't know what day it was, and neither did I. And I'm just glad I'm in church because it must be Sunday. But it got me thinking, you know, what? so what year is it? What year are we in? I mean, obviously, there's a great big clue behind me. We've talked about it this morning, 20... 22, we're into a new year, which normally means it's going to be a, a new year, a new start, a fresh start. But there's that feeling at the moment, isn't there, that we're carrying something on our shoes into a new year, this kind of this stuff that, that seems to be around us all the time. You know, 2020 was supposed to be the year of vision, perfect vision, 2020 vision, new things. If anything, it was as clear as mud, wasn't it? It was an absolute mess. And then 2020 rolled into 2021, and 2021 is rolling into 2022, and it can kind of feel the same. I was reading some headlines, and um, they really bothered me, if I'm being honest. Looking back over the headlines, over the news, and it said, oh, 2020 was the year of COVID. Well, no, not really. 2021 was the year of COVID, and, and 2022 will probably be the year of COVID, and it really, really bothered me. And I started to think about the years in 2022 AD, or officially, which I should say, AD 2022, AD, Anno Domini. Anybody know what that stands for? The year of our Lord. The year of our Lord. 2020 wasn't the year of COVID. It was the year of our Lord. 2021 wasn't the year of COVID. It was the year of our Lord. This year will be the year of our Lord. Every year is the year of our Lord every year. The calendar can roll over, the calendar can roll on, whether they choose BCE, CE, AD, BC, it is the year of our Lord. They can try and get away from it as much as they like, but we know the truth as followers of Christ, that this is the year of our Lord. But what about today? Recently, God's been challenging me over the last few weeks about day to day. Yes, there's big picture stuff. We step back and look at a big picture. But day to day, what are you doing day to day? It made me think, yes, this is the year of our Lord. But there's some truth here. Psalm 118, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And it'll be the same tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that because his mercies are new every morning. It says in Lamentations 3, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They, that's his mercies, are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. It doesn't matter what year it is, what day it is. It is the year of the Lord. It is the day of the Lord. Matthew 6, Jesus himself speaking says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So I read that as take one day at a time. I'm in charge. God is in charge. I'm sovereign. Just look after today. I just want you to live in today. Just seize the moment. Seize today because I won't give you enough for today. So we know that we'll have trouble. We've had trouble these last few years. Every day we seem to face trouble at some point. But we also know that we need not worry because his mercies are new every morning. He will give us grace enough for today. Now some of us will be looking forward to this new year with relish. Some of us will be really looking forward to it. Some of us will be looking at it with absolute dread. Some of us will be bringing the same worries, anxieties and fears, habits and battles 
into this year just like we did the last. It might feel like Groundhog Day. It might feel like nothing has changed. The problems are still there. But God is still there. Some of us will be looking at a new diet. Don't say anything. A new fitness regime. Gut buster pills. I need to read the Bible more. Pray more. I need to get up early. I need to read this help guide. This new me guide. Ten ways to change your life guide. All these things that involve us just trying a little bit harder to be who we want to be. Perhaps we could have a poll of success this morning, of New Year's resolutions. What do you put, if, if you have ever set a New Year's resolution and you've stuck to it all year and it's followed into the next year and it's changed your life, put your hand up. Wow, it's even less than I thought. It doesn't work, does it? It doesn't work. When you do things in your own strength, it doesn't work. This new year, though, is the perfect time. It's a great time. That's why we do it. It's the perfect time to commit to real change. You know, even if you don't hit your big, audacious goal, you know, whatever that may be, just working towards them is a step in the right direction. Just naming it, just saying, I want to change is a step in the right direction. I was looking at um, this study published by the Journal of Clinical Psychology. I only just managed to say it, let alone understand it. But it found that people who set New Year's resolutions are 10 times more likely to actually change their behaviors than those that don't set any goals at all. 10 times more likely if you just say, this is what I want to do. This is who I want to be. This is what I am going to change. Now, there's some statistics around this, some really exciting statistics, but success yet and failure rates over the first six months of New Year's resolutions, okay? Of those who make a New Year's resolution after one week, 75% 75% are successful in keeping it. I mean, that's not bad, is it? 75%. After two weeks, the number drops to 71%. After one month, the number drops again to 64%. But I don't know, but I still think that's quite high. I think that's quite reasonable. And after six months, 46%, oh, I just said that, 46% of people who make a resolution are still successful. In comparison, of those who have similar goals but do not set a resolution, they don't set out their store, what they want to do, only 4% are successful after six months. That's nearly nobody. So what is that telling us? I'm not telling you how to do it, or we're going to get into that in a moment, but we need to set out our store. We need to. That talks to me about being intentional. We need to be intentional about change. If we want things to change, if we want to see things change in our life, if we want things to turn around, if we want to get closer to God, if we want to be more spiritual, if we want to do more work for God, if we want to see people saved, we have to be intentional. We need to want to do it, and we need to go after it. So I'm going us to look this morning at, at spiritual success, at some resolutions, and, and how, having said that, if we do it on our own strength, it's not going to work. And if we don't really name it or claim it, we don't say what we're going to do, it's not going to work. So what will work? What can work? What can help us to set a goal, be it a spiritual goal, or be it a, a healthy goal, or just I want to do things differently goal? What can we do to, to bring about that change, that lasting change and that success. So I want to talk about um, a king uh, in the Old Testament, King Jehoshaphat. Uh, and he was in 2 Chronicles 20 or around uh, several chapters around that area. And I want to talk about four ways, four things that I see in this scripture that, that, that he does that would help us and achieve in our goals and our aims. As we aim head into 2022, Julie said about change, about doing things differently, about God calling us. It could be this morning you don't even know God. You know, that's the biggest change you could make, and it will be a lasting change. 
believe me. But we need to make changes in our lives, all of us, because none of us are perfect. Well, Firstly, know what your goal is. Know what it is. Know what it is you want to change. Know who it is you want to be. Know what your goal is. Secondly, don't just try harder to succeed, but remove the obstacles to success. I'll explain that later. Don't try and do it on your own. Don't try and do these things on your own. And fourthly, you need to pick the right team. You need to be on the right team. So I'm not going to read the whole of the 30 verses that I'm, that I'm dipping into because it takes far too long. So I'm just going to pray see it for us. But I am going to go into Scripture later. I'm not skirting around Scripture. But Jehoshaphat was known as a godly and a holy man. He loved God. He was a good king. He did many good things for the people. But there was a time in his life when he, he was, there were two kingdoms at the time. There was Israel, which was the northern kingdom, and Judah, which was the southern kingdom of what was Israel. And Jehoshaphat was called by um, Ahab, who was the king of Israel, uh, the northern kingdom, and said, you know what, there's this, these people that we, I want to defeat. Jehoshaphat, he was called Ahab. Ahab said, Jehoshaphat, come with me. I want to beat these guys. They've kind of been a bit of a nuisance. I want to, I want to beat them up and send them off. Um, and Jehoshaphat said, all right, I'll, I'll come and talk to you about this. So he met with him. And um, Ahab said, you know, I've got all these prophets, and they're all telling me we're going to win this war. We're going to win it. It's done. And Jehoshaphat, being the godly man that he was, said, hmm, is there anybody really godly that we can listen to? Is there anybody that really loves the Lord that we can listen to? And said, well, there's this one guy. Um, I mean, I'd have gone to him first. I don't know about you. But they called this guy forward, and, and he was a complete contradiction. No, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't go after this war because it is not going to end well. God will not bless it. But this was ignored, and Jehoshaphat, for whatever reason, peer pressure, didn't want to back down in front of another king, said, right, okay, no, we're, we're going to do it anyway. So they, they fought this battle. What we read in, in 2 Chronicles 20 is, is kind of the aftermath of that. Um, and just as Jehoshaphat thinks things are going to settle down, you know, I made a big mistake, but actually, you know, it, it could be okay. It could be okay. Suddenly we see this three-nation army decide that they want to come and annihilate Judah. And so this presents him with a big problem. And we're going to look at what he did, what his response to this big problem was. I'm going to look through the scriptures uh, slowly together. But let's go back to this first point, which was um, know what your goal for success is. You see, when we read about Jehoshaphat, he knew that he needed to keep his eyes his eyes and the eyes of the people on the Lord for success. That's why he was known as a godly and a, and a holy, if you like, king. Is that He knew all about God. He knew about making mistakes and he knew what it took to be successful. And that was to keep his eyes on the Lord and to keep the eyes of the people on the Lord. Because we know that when we do that, we have success. It says in verse 12 of, of 2 Chronicles 20, it says, Our God, will you not judge them, this army that are coming? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. He knew, as soon as this problem arose, he knew what to do. That was to put his eyes on Jesus. He knew that that is what he needed to do, and he needed to keep the eyes of the people on the Lord. In 2 Chronicles 17, a couple of chapters earlier, it says, Also in the third year of his reign, he, that's Jehoshaphat, sent his leaders, Ben-Hail, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nathaniel, and Micaiah, to teach the cities of Judah and some Levites with lots of other long names. And they went to teach the people, the whole nation of Judah, 
the Bible, the law as they had it back then, the Old Testament. So they taught in Judah and they had a book of the law of the Lord with them. They went through all the cities of Judah and taught the people. So Jehoshaphat knew what his goal was. He knew what he needed to do. His position as a leader, as a man of God, was to keep his eyes and the eyes of the people on the Lord at all times. And he did that. He stepped up to the plate and he did that. He tried to do, as far as it depended on him, he did the best that he could. So we need to know what our goal is. Secondly, the second thing we need to do is don't just try harder to succeed but remove the obstacles to success. You know, I think if you're running a 110-meter hurdles race, you can train all your life, and you can get down to be the best in the world. You can have the fastest time. But you could run it faster, couldn't you? Because you could just take the hurdles out of the way, and you just run a lot faster. There's always something you can do. There's always something that we need to change to make things better. So don't just try harder, but remove the obstacles to success. What did Jehoshaphat do? In 2 Chronicles 19, the, the prophet, after he's had this skirmish with Ahab, they had this battle and it didn't end well. Ahab actually died. He was killed at the end of the day. This prophet says to Jehoshaphat, says, There is, however, some good in you, despite your failings. There is, some, however, some good in you, for you have rid the land of the Asherah poles and have set your heart on seeking God. See, again, here we are, Jehoshaphat seeking God. That's what he wants to do, is to seek God. But these Asherah poles... These Asherah poles were poles set up all over Judah, all over Israel, to a false god. And people would find themselves praying to Asherah and sacrificing animals to Asherah in the hope that things would change. But this was a false god. This was a huge distraction. So Jehoshaphat pulled them down. Again, back in 2 Chronicles 17, it says, And his heart took delight in the ways of the Lord. Moreover, that's, (laughs) moreover, and still, and he did this, he removed the high places and the wooden images from Judah. So it wasn't, you know, it was great that he took delight in the ways of the Lord. But even more than that, he took these high places and these wooden images from Judah. So these things that were set up to distract people from God, they were a rival to God. We've sung this morning, God has no rival. There is no rival to God. There is no rival to Christ. But these poles were set up, these high places were set up as rivals to God. So don't just try harder to succeed, but remove the obstacles to success. So what is it in your life that rivals your desire for success? What is it in your life that rivals your desire for change? What are the secret idols in your life that you might not even think about until perhaps today as we talk about this? What are the secret idols? Perhaps this new year you want to spend more time with Jesus. You want to improve your relationship with Christ. You want to get closer to him. That's going to take time. It takes time and it takes intentionality. So what is it that's stopping you doing that? Is it the socials? Is it your social media? Is it Instagram? Is it Facebook or the others that I'm not even aware of? Is it television? Is it just general distraction? Remember when I was, when I was preparing this message, I was at my desk upstairs and my mind just kept wandering. My phone would ping. A pop-up would come up on the screen. I was just distracted. And I moved to put my phone away on the chair. I brought the books closer. And I had to, to press in and not be distracted. I am easily distracted. It's something that's a secret idol. I need to, to work on that. Do we surf the net? As soon as you turn on, your, turn on your computer to do anything, do you find yourself aimlessly surfing through the internet, the news feed, games? Again, this message spoke to me. as I hope it's speaking to you. I said to my daughter... 
Olivia's not here this morning. I said to Olivia, I said, Olivia, I said, Dad's taken all the games off his phone. All the games that are on there, I've taken them off. She said, why have you done that, Dad? I said, they're an absolute distraction. Every time I find myself with five minutes, I find myself, as Kate will testify, on one of these games. I said, they've got to go. So Olivia, I said, they've all, they've all gone. She said, Dad, even golf? Yes. I said, even golf has gone. They had to go because they were a secret kind of idol. I'm not saying we need to spend every waking moment reading the Bible or praying to the Lord, although that would be wonderful. But what is it that's stopping you from doing that? What is it that's stopping you from getting what you really want, which is closer to God? Perhaps it's healthier living. You know, you want to be healthy, but you stay up too late at night. You're on your phone late at night. There's too much blue light going into your brain. You get into a poor sleep pattern. You just stay up too late, aimlessly doing things that don't matter. And so you have trouble getting up in the morning. Perhaps you drink too much caffeine. Perhaps you drink too much alcohol. What is it that's stopping you from achieving what you want? It's not enough to try harder. Remove the things that are stopping you. The devil cannot destroy you, but he will do whatever he can to distract you or discourage you. Remember that. He cannot destroy you, but he will do anything he can to get in between you and God. So this morning, take stock of the things. Take stock of the things that stop you achieving what you want to change. Take them down like the high places, like these Asherah poles that became a distraction to the Israelites. Take them down. Get rid of them. Maybe even take your phone out now. In church, get your phone out. Get your phone out. You, you know what it is. If there's something on there, an app that just distracts you, take your phone out. Get it off. And there's some of you sitting there now thinking, I can't do that. What are people going to think if I get my phone out now? They're going to think, what is the app that I've been looking at? What is the app that... Forget other people. Forget other people. Forget the Asherah poles. Do what you need to do to remove these things from your life, from distracting you. So, know what you need to do. And don't just try harder to, to succeed, but remove obstacles to success. Thirdly, don't try and do it on your own. Don't try and succeed on your own. We were made for God. We were made to be with God. We were made to be with one another. We were made for relationship. Don't try and achieve these things on your own. I'm going to read some scripture now to us from uh, 2 Chronicles 20. This is at the beginning. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, with some of the Muonites, I think, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom and from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazon, Tamar, that is En Gedi. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. You see, what we see here, what we've already talked about, is that uh, Jehoshaphat identifies the problem. He knows what he wants to achieve, and he sees that this army coming is presenting a real problem. This is his problem. This is his battle. This is coming between him and what he wants to achieve, which is to keep the people close to God. It's very easy to put your eyes onto this coming army. Very easy to be distracted by what is happening, but he knows what he needs to do. So what is his response? We've just said, don't do this on your own. See, our response to any problem we face, any battle we face, is to get help. And where does our help come from? It comes from the hills. It comes from God. 
That's where our help comes from. So what is the first thing Jehoshaphat does? It says, he was alarmed. He saw that this was a problem. Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. We need to go and seek the Lord. That's the first thing we need to do is go and get help. We need to go and see the Lord. But did he do it on his own? No. The first thing he did was he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. Come on, people. I need to get your eyes in the boat. There's an army coming. We need to seek God. I need you all to come together. We need to do this together. This is a big deal, and I need your help. We need each other. So he called them all together to fast. Then the people of Judah came together. They got together. Why? To seek help from the Lord. They did it together. So I would say to you, whatever goal it is that you are trying to achieve this year, be it spiritual, be it physical, be it health, whatever it is, is that we need each other. Get someone to stand with you. Tell someone what it is. Tell a trusted friend, I want to achieve this. I've got to get better at this. I've got to stop doing this and I need your help. Will you stand with me? Get someone to stand with you, to pray with you and to fight with you. Don't do it on your own. When you do it on your own, it is so hard. Get someone to stand with you, fight with you, and pray with you. Let's look at this prayer that then Jehoshaphat prays. I need someone in my corner that prays like this, and so do you. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord and in front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. But now we are here, but now here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. You didn't allow us, God, to go after them. See now what's happening. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, here we go again, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord. Don't try and do it on your own. Get someone to stand with you, to pray with you, to fight with you. Get someone to pray like that with you. Remind God of his promises. Remind yourself of how great God is. That no matter how big the problem, God is bigger. No matter what the battle is, God is bigger. Get someone to stand with you, to agree with you, to fight with you, to hold you accountable if needs be. Don't do it alone. Fourthly, and lastly, you need to pick the right team. If you're going to fight this battle, if you're going to set this resolution, get good people around you, the right people around you. We already spoke about earlier this morning about Jehoshaphat and Ahab. Jehoshaphat partnered with Ahab. Ahab was a wicked king. He ignored the word of the Lord. He complained. This prophet that came and spoke the truth, Ahab complained about him. He says, you never encourage me. You never bring a positive word from the Lord. Well, maybe that's because you're not within the will of the Lord. Perhaps you're doing these things in your own strength. You think you're better. You know better than the Lord. Jehoshaphat had made bad company. 
he allied himself with Ahab, who was a wicked man, who was not going to bring about any good for Jehoshaphat. But Jehoshaphat learned from this. He learned from this. He realized his mistake, and he came back. And that's when we see that his heart became one that would seek the Lord. He knew that he had to teach the people the word of God. He knew that he had to tear these poles down. He needed to know, well, he knew which side he needed to be on. He needed to be on God's side, because God always wins. He needed to be on God's side. This is what it says. Then Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned safely. This is after this battle that, that didn't go so well. Returned safely to his house in Jerusalem. And Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, this prophet, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Therefore, the wrath of the Lord is upon you. God was not pleased with his actions, was not pleased with what he, what he had done. Nevertheless, Good things are found in you, in that you have removed the wooden images from the land and have prepared your heart to seek God. So where you've been up until 2022, if you've allied yourselves with things or people that are not helpful, that pull you away from God, that pull you into activities, that, that take you away from God, think about that. Do you want to do that anymore? Or do you want to get onto the right team? Do you want to get onto God's team? Do you want to surround yourself with people that will encourage you? Surround yourself with people that will pray with you. Surround yourself with people that will hold you to account. Surround with people that have the best interest for you at heart. They want to get you closer to God. So what are you putting your faith in? At the moment? Are you putting your faith in diets, in fitness programs, Instagram highlight reels, positivity? There's nothing wrong with those things. Diets work. Fitness programs work. You can take much inspiration from Instagram highlight reels. Positivity, it works. Be positive, have a positive mindset. All these things work. But how about, I'm going to try this, Lord, but I need you with me. I'm going to do these things, but I need you with me. I need you to guide me. I still need you to help me. So who are you putting your faith in? Is it life coaches? Is it personal trainers? Is it Joe Wicks? Perhaps you're putting your your faith in these people this year. Is there anything wrong with that? No, because they're experts. We go to experts for help. If you're sick, you can go to the doctor. There's nothing wrong with that. So go to the life coach. Go to the personal trainer. But God, I'm going to try this, but I need you with me. I want you to make sure I pick the right one, that I'm listening to the right life coach, that I'm listening to the right fitness trainer. You know, what is their background? What are they like? Where are they from? I need to be in good company. I don't want anything to distract me from you. So make sure that you're on the right team. You see, this is what happened. These four things that Jehoshaphat did. He knew what the problem was. He knew what he wanted to achieve, and he knew the threat to that. He also knew that he couldn't do it on his own. He also knew what he needed to get rid of to achieve success. And then he knew he had to be on the right team. When all these things lined up, we see what happens. When Jehoshaphat had had turned fully to the Lord, his heart was seeking the Lord. The poles had been removed. He had called the people of Judah to stand with him, to fight with him, to pray with him. When God became his first port of call, when God became his place of refuge, when God became the center of his universe, and he called all the people in Judah to do the same, this is what happened. Then the spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite and a descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, 
This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the passage of Aziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. When Jehoshaphat put God at the center of all things, when he called on the name of the Lord for help, when he recognized what he needed to do was keep his eyes on the Lord and the people on the Lord, when he did all the right things, when he responded in the right way, when he knew what his goal was, but he knew he couldn't achieve it without God, and he brought God into the situation, this is what happened. God turns up and says, it's not your battle. It's not your fight. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. But he does say, there are things you need to do. It wasn't, you just sit back, I'll take control of it. Don't sit back, I've got it. Although he did have it. Look at some of the things he said. Tomorrow, march down against them. He didn't say, just stay in the city. Just stay in Jerusalem, I'll take care of it. He said, no. (laughs) Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Aziz. And you will find them there at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jewel. You will not have to fight this battle. But then he goes on to say, take up your positions. Posture. Go out as if you want to win this fight. Do you really want to win this fight? If you do, I'm going to be with you. But you need to take up your positions. Stand firm. And then you will see the deliverance the Lord will give you. He goes on, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And then go out and face them tomorrow. Tomorrow is Monday. You need to go out and face your battles. This resolution that you set, you need to follow up on it. You need to press into it. You need to be intentional. You need to go and face it. But when you do, the Lord promises to be with you. You don't face this on your own. So as we, as we head into, or we are in, 2022, I want you to think, you know, you've seen these, these um, documentaries on the TV or these, um, these dramas uh, where the emergency services are involved. And people get in trouble. They come across something that they need to deal with, they need to change with, and they make a call. They make a call, they dial 999, and, and you'll see the police come up and say, don't worry, we'll take over now, sir. Or the, the paramedics will turn up and say, it's okay, we've got it now, you've done your bit. Or the fire brigade or fire services are on, I might come up and say, stand back please, everyone, we're here now. Well done for getting everybody out, but we're here now, we'll take it from here. And this is what God does with us, he doesn't want us to be idle, he doesn't want us to sit back and do nothing. I'm not saying God wants us to set New Year's resolutions, but he wants resolutions. What are you going to do? How are you going to partner with God in this next year? What opportunities are you going to take that God presents you? You know what you want to achieve. In all of us, our hearts, we know there are things we want to change. We know there are things that need to get better. We know there are things we need to stop doing or things we need to remove from our lives. Are you fed up of doing it on your own? Are you fed up of trying and failing? Are you fed up of getting to 2022 and the same problem is dogging you? Are you fed up of that? But it's time for change. It's time for change. And these are some of the things that we can do. Know what it is you want to change. You know what that is already. As I'm speaking to you now, all of you know in your heart, as as do I, the things that I need to change. 
What are you going to do about it? What are you going to remove or put in place to help you change that? And who are you going to call on? It's not Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call on? You're going to call on God. You're going to call on God to help you with this. And you're going to call on a friend to stand with you, to fight with you, and to pray with you. Because we can't do this on our own. And then lastly, you need to pick the right team. Who are you hanging out with? Who are the people that are actually stopping you from success? You know, if, if like me, once upon a time I used to drink too much, so I stopped hanging out with the people that drank too much. And guess what? With God's help, I stopped drinking so much. It's, some of this stuff is so easy, but we need to give it to God. God, I need your help. I need to send you, send me in the right direction. So what battle are you facing this morning? Maybe it's the same battle you face every day, not just in the new year. Maybe new year is just bringing it into focus. I doubt it's a three-nation army type of problem. I doubt it's that massive, but it might feel like that. It might feel like that. You know, it's coming over the hill. You know it's coming. You can see it. And it feels really tough. Perhaps you're distant from God this morning. Perhaps you've lost your faith. Perhaps you've got some habits that you need to stop. You've lost your confidence. You've lost your identity. You're afraid of something. Perhaps you've got problems with family or finances. Perhaps your marriage is on the ropes. Perhaps your job is at risk. There's people in your life, in your church, that you find difficult. It's not them. It's not them. Perhaps you've taken offense. Perhaps there's unforgiveness in your life. We're going to have a chance as we head into communion shortly to really think about some of these things and making a resolution with God. Not just out in the open, but with God this year that things are going to change. Whatever it might be that you are struggling with, whether it's major, whether it's minor, it might be minor, but it might appear major. Whatever it is, give it to the Lord this morning and resolve to keep handing it to him. Success is yours through him. Think about the high places, the idols, the traps, the distractions. Tell God about them. Confess them. Remove them. Do what you can to be rid of them. And get someone you trust to stand with you, to fight with you, and to pray with you. You know, when you invite God onto your team, your battle becomes his battle. He promises us that. Your battle becomes his battle. And the good news with that is he never loses. Our God never loses. So get him on side and watch things change. There is no failure rate with God. <laughs> There's no failing after six months. There's no failing after six days. He is faithful. Whatever he promises will stand. Whatever he has given you, you will keep. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow. Your battle, your resolution, whatever it is, go out and face it tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. That's what he promises. We are not to be <laughs> defeated. We are children of God. This is the year of the Lord. This day is his. His mercies are new every morning. You know, I was thinking, I don't know if I would use this or not, but I'm going to say it. You know, when you've got a tray of eggs, if you're facing this new year and you've got problems and you keep failing, you keep getting it wrong, 
It just doesn't seem to be changing. You just think, blow it, I'm not going to bother. You've got a tray of eggs. If one falls out of the tray and crashes on the floor, what do you do with the other 11? Do you throw them in the bin? Or do you put them in the fridge? Just because one egg has broken, just because one day is a failure, just because that resolution becomes too hard one day, doesn't mean you should just say, blow it. God is faithful. His mercies are new every morning. He is with us every day. So whatever it is you need to change, whatever it is you want to do, hand it to him this morning because with God lies success. Without God, things don't go well. Ask Ahab. He ignored God and he died. Jehoshaphat took everything to God and God said, I'll win this battle for you. I will take it 